Hey there, Crosswinds family and friends. Welcome to Crosswinds Unleashed. Um, Each week, we are dedicated to bringing the best stories and biblical life principles from authentic believers. Our podcast breaks down the Christian life through interviews and practical instructions. And I say this every week, hopefully in a fun and accessible way. I'm Craig Cooper, the host of this podcast and lead pastor of Crosswinds Church. Let me give a special shout out to Elijah Merrill, our producer. All that is good uh, is because he has produced it. Anything that isn't, uh, that's on me. Uh, Thank you for your patience. Uh, These are the first episodes we are figuring this thing out and having fun doing it. If you want to learn more about the podcast or anything Crosswinds related, head on over to our website at crosswinds.church. Well, if you caught last week's podcast, and I hope you did, if not, I would encourage you to, to go back and listen to it, but we began a conversation with Pastor Chris Taylor. He's the community life pastor here at Crosswinds. He oversees basically our, our uh, primarily our, our discipleship ministry here and speaks into the entire discipleship uh, structure of Crosswinds. And he gave his testimony, shared his heart quite a bit. Chris, thank you for being with us. Yep, thanks for having me again. Um, we're just going to jump right into it again. Uh, you, you shared your your story, and part of your story really was, um, in part, that you come to Christ, mm-hmm. but there's no discipleship program. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank God you have a mentor or two that are speaking into your life, and you're asking questions. Some of them are, are a little overwhelmed by the questions you're asking because you came from this non-churched home, and so your questions were huge, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, where are the dinosaurs in the Bible and stuff like that you yeah. mentioned, and but share with me, uh, what, what part of your journey um, were you discipled, and at what part of your discerning did you of your journey did you start discipling others? Um, so interestingly, I was given opportunity to start serving in ministry not long after I accepted Christ at this church. You know, I I, I was twenty at the time, and I I wanted to to connect with young people that were wrestling with you know the things that I had wrestled with, you know, drinking and drugs and, and all that stuff. And um, I just knew I wanted to be able to come alongside people who were going through those struggles and try and point them towards God because that was the, God was the only reason I got out of that and, and was rescued from that. Um, and so this church, thankfully enough, that I, that I, was, that I got saved at uh, just gave me the opportunity. They didn't, you know, they didn't make me wait a long time. They said, hey, you know, yeah, you have a, a story to share and, and a heart, to, you know, obviously a lot of growing left to do and a lot left to learn, but we're going to give you the opportunity. So I I started serving um, on the ministry team for the student ministry, I think within like three months after I accepted Christ. And um, I remember the first person I, I as, as I was talking to them, praying with them, they made the decision to accept Christ. Uh, was, I think, within six months of, of myself accepting Christ at one of these Friday night youth ministry gatherings. And um, so, yeah, I was given that opportunity pretty quickly early on in my spiritual journey, and I'm so thankful for that today. And they they did it cautiously with boundaries, you know. They didn't throw me into preaching or anything like that or put me in a, you know, leadership position over too many people. They just gave me opportunity to to let God use use me the way he wanted to. Um, and I shared, you know, last week how I had been poured into and discipled, and my first experience with small group came about three years after coming to faith in Christ. And um, but it was just through serving in youth ministry uh, early on that I first had opportunities to disciple others. 
That's great. That's great. So here at Crosswinds, we utilize a, a, a one-on-one discipleship tool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an app. It's online. Mm-hmm. Um, the church who came up with it is from Sarasota, Florida, yep. and is very generous. It costs nothing. Yep. Um, it's spreading really like wildfire uh, all over the world. Yes. Um, you're, uh, you know, just uh, you're, you're one of the first, actually, uh, individuals outside of their church who picked it up mm-hmm. and sort of at the ground floor of this. Uh, or, as a matter of fact, uh, this fall are part of the whole entire uh, training time. And by the time people listen to this, you'll be into it, uh, training people uh, in, in how to utilize what, what's known as small circle mm-hmm. uh, within their own congregations. But but talk to us a little bit about small circle and, and then um, also, um, well, let's start there. Talk a little bit about the small circle one-on-one discipleship material. So, yeah, you kind of gave some background into it already. Steve McCoy is the the pastor of 360 Church down in Sarasota, Florida, and he and his his church over a period of five years developed this uh, discipleship resource that is centered on one-to-one relationships. You know, um, there's you know there's all kinds of discipleship resources out there, and, and some of them are phenomenal, and some of them you know are not so great. And you and I, you know. Uh, just a little history here at Crosswinds, kind of in similar timing, both started to have this realization that as great as small groups are, we love small groups, we believe in small groups, everyone should be in a small group. You know, authentic, consistent, deep discipleship is probably not happening in a small group setting. And we began to realize that, recognize that, and you and I started having conversations. What does it look like at Crosswinds to develop something deeper than that? What's the next level beyond small groups? And um, you're the one actually, you, you're giving me credit here, but I want to give credit where credit's due. You were the one that was at a conference and first heard about Small well, I, Circle. I heard Steve. He gave <laughs> he a, Steve, sort of yeah. an infomercial live on stage. Yeah. I texted you immediately. Yeah. And then within an hour or so, I come out of the session <laughs> and I look at my phone and you said, this stuff looks amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so what we had been doing is looking at other resources that were out there and really not finding anything that we thought would fit here at Crosswinds. And we had started having a conversation about what does it look like to develop our own. And so I was partly super thankful to find something that we thought would work that we wouldn't have to, yeah, we don't need to you know, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. They're doing something that uh, it has been, you know, tested and, and polished and refined and everything through trial and error at their church. They're seeing all this fruit come of it. And they had committed to sharing it with as many people as others. And this congregation had given their pastor the blessing to start traveling and sharing this. And, you know, one of our values at Crosswinds is generous living. I love to tell people that 360 Church has discipled us in generosity. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, you know Steve and one of the other uh, pastors on staff came out here for a couple of days to do a, a training conference for us. And they didn't want to charge us anything. You know, they, they didn't charge us for their time. They didn't want us to pay for plane tickets or anything like that. They were going to do all that themselves. We insisted on rental car and plane tickets and meals and all that stuff in the hotel, but they didn't, they didn't charge us. They come, they came and did a, a well done whole day conference and didn't charge a single penny for that. And they've made this resource for free. And that was always a big thing for me. Um, all through my, you know, spiritual journey, like I didn't want to tell someone you need to be discipled. It's really important. It's going to cost you 20 bucks or it's going to cost you any amount of money and anything. Like that. I didn't want that. So one of our criteria was we wanted something that we could absorb into our budget and make it available to people to utilize for free. And here's this amazingly 
uh, well-written, well-done discipleship resource called Small Circle that is free. And it just checked all those boxes. And uh, I like to tell people it's, it's, it's biblically rich, but it's simple. It's relatable. And it provides um, those that we call disciple makers with all the tools they need to disciple someone through a, a, an intentional, consistent discipling relationship. And, and it takes approximately, and I say approximately because one of the, one of the jewels, I think, within um, when you learn about small circle is they say, look, don't, it's, not, it's not material just to rush through. Mm-hmm. The material is a, a tool, if you will, to get into the Word and to grow together. Yeah. And so sometimes you'll find yourself on, quote, unquote, a lesson, mm-hmm. maybe two or three weeks. Sure. And so approximately, how long does it take for, for uh, two people to, to work their way through the small circle material? So the it's modeled in such a way that uh, the intention behind it is that two people are meeting once every other week. And um, and so if you met every other week without interruption, it would take 12 months to get through all the material. That never happens. Of course, there's life, there's vacation, there's illness, there's I'm too busy to meet this time around, you know, that sort of stuff comes up. And so I tell people it's 15 to 18 months probably that you're going to be journeying with someone um, so it is a long-term commitment, you know. But it's not three it's, years. It's not three years, which Jesus took with his disciples, right, right, right? right. <laughs> you know. And so I don't know where we ever got the idea that discipleship was a hasty thing. Right. Uh, it's definitely not. It's it's intentional and it's consistent, and that's what this enables uh, people to be able to experience. Um, so, yeah, 12 to 15 months or 18 months or so journey. We're not pounding on anyone's door in 18 months saying, why aren't you done yet? Um, because, like you said, you may camp somewhere. There's going to be pauses, there's going to be breaks, there's going to be interruptions, uh, but that's life. And so part of the whole structure and the idea behind this is that discipleship should be part of the rhythm of life of every believer. And and that's what really this this really begins to, to allow people to experience that. So, so we, we um, I say we as a church, you and your team, mm-hmm. um, started this with a, with a small group of people, yep. uh, did, a, did a, a pilot, I guess, mm-hmm. test pilot, so Worked through it, and uh, it is it is spread pretty rapidly. Um, but one of the things that you said was it's intended to be used every other week, mm-hmm. which I think is a very healthy process. Mm-hmm. I know with myself and the individual I was going through it with, that was perfect. Yeah. Uh, you know, to do it more often would have been would have been much for him, especially. Um, but you changed around. I remember you coming to me and saying, "Hey, look, because um, the church that." originated this program is big on small groups as well. But they did their small group structure a little differently. We were meeting every week um, throughout the year except for a summer break. And I remember you coming to my office and saying, we got to consider changing something here. Yeah, I was having conversations with people. And, uh, you know, whenever I I sit in my office or connect with someone, you know, talk about their spiritual journey, I'm I'm constantly, you know, let's get you plugged into a small group. Let's get you connected in one-on-one discipleship. And the realization that I was having was we're asking people to commit to our expectations. You come worship with us once a week. You know, that's what we believe a regular attender is, someone who comes every week. Um, so once a week you're here, we expect people to be serving. Um, and then we want you to be plugged into a small group every week and then do one-to-one discipleship every other week on top of everything else you have going on in your life. And so it was, a, it was just a really big ask and almost... The, the reaction I was getting from some people was like, this is a lot to, to bite off and, and take on in my life right now. And, and so that idea of being a rhythm of life 
let's do small groups every other week. What would that look like? And that was totally foreign to both of us. I had never, uh, you know, Crosswinds is the the third church I've been involved in small group ministry at, and it's always been every week. And I've never had, I've never experienced small group that wasn't every week. And so I guess maybe just talking about it doesn't seem like a huge move, but it, it's a huge move. It, it, was, it was a mind shift. <laughs> it was a total mind shift. And so the rhythm of life can be you're in small group one week, one-on-one discipleship the next week, small group one week, one-on-one discipleship the next week. And, that was and it gave time. Point. It gave time, and it, it it's made it easier for people to commit to being in a small group. You yes. know, um, it's made it a lot easier to ask people to lead a small group. Hey, it's not a weekly commitment. It's every other week, you know. Right. And so I actually, I went back to people who had told me when I asked them, hey, you should be a small group leader. Well, I don't have time for that. I can't take on that weekly commitment. I went back to them and said, hey, guess what? It's not a weekly <laughs> commitment anymore, you know. Um, and it's opened the door for some people that just didn't feel like they could lead to start leading a small group. It's It's been a blessing to to make that decision, not without its challenges. You know, if a group misses a week, then that's a month almost you go without seeing each other. So it's taken changing how we train leaders and what we communicate to, you know, be intentional about maintaining connection with your group between the, the meetings and, you know, one-to-one discipleship, you know, be intentional about maintaining connection between the every other week thing. And, you know, but if, if someone is in a, you know, comes to our, our, our large gathering, the weekend worship service, um, is in a small group in a one-on-one discipleship, they are highly connected. Yeah. And, you know, even if the, if a small group doesn't meet, we're assuming that very seldom is there no small group, then no one-on-one, mm-hmm. you know? And so they're not really a whole month without connection. Mm-hmm. There may be a m- month without a small group, but there's a whole lot of connection that's happening there. Absolutely. If you're a part of all those things. If you're Yeah, if you're in a small group and one-on-one discipleship, I mean, the people you're coming to church on a Sunday and you're looking for and you're finding them are the people in your small group and the people you're doing one-on-one with, you know, and uh, definitely a lot of connection happening there if you're involved in those things. You know, I have um, been involved in small group ministry since high school, um, but every church I've been a part of, um, either uh, I've been in in either one church, small groups were there, they stopped, Uh, two churches were there, actually. But anyway, others, I was at the beginning grounds of small groups being developed in their ministries type of thing. Um, But it's interesting because I think, uh, and when I say a larger church, I I think a church over 100, it's hard to connect. Mm -hmm. Like once you get past 100, it's it's hard to to connect. Mm -hmm. And I'll hear people say, you know, it's hard to connect because we're we're well over 100. Uh, and, and, you know, sometimes, and the reality of it is I always ask the question, are you in a small group? Um, because if you're in a small group, then you are connecting. If you're not in a small group or a ministry team or, yeah. you, you know, you're, you're, you're not, you're not going to connect on the level that the Lord really intends a brother and sister in Christ to be connected on. And, and so to me, that's, that's, that's always been one of my encouragement. And also, you know, you'll hear people say, I went through this and no one in the church knew or no one in the church contacted me. Now, a lot of times they're talking about the pastoral staff. Yeah. Now here, we, we, don't, we don't differentiate that. Like right. our pastoral team isn't just the paid staff and our leadership team is small group leaders. It's one-on-one leaders. And so talk a little bit about sort of that pastoral care element, that discipleship element that comes from small groups in particular, their leadership and the team of people who meet every other week. Yeah, you know, I had, I had someone when we were first getting when I first came here and was getting small groups started, uh, restarted at Crosswinds because there had been mm-hmm. some some attempts at small group ministry in the past. Uh, I had someone 
they they shared a, a term that has just stuck with me for years. You know, a small group becomes your 4 a.m. people, you know. So, uh, and they shared a story of, you know, they had something, a crisis in their life in the middle of the night. And at 4 a.m., they knew they needed to call somebody to pray with them for something they're dealing with. And they had a small group that they could reach out to. And, and that's who your small group becomes. And, uh, you know, the timing of recording this podcast, you know, in the past couple of weeks, we've been promoting small group signups uh, at church. And uh, we asked some small group leaders to record a video for us and just, you know, I didn't give them a script. We kind of gave them an outline, you know, just share a little bit about your specific small group and, and one way that being in a small group has impacted you. And one of the, one of the leaders that shared, uh, in the video, he talked about how their group has had the opportunity to uh, come alongside people in their group who've lost loved ones, you know, and it, it wasn't that I said, hey, someone in your group has had a, a loss of a loved one, you need to do something. It was this group just did it. Like it didn't need a, a quote unquote pastor to to say do this. The group did it. They, they ministered to the people in their group by providing meals, by being there for them, by you know, uh, we had this group, they did, uh, they catered the funeral for someone in their, who had lost a loved one in their small group. That's pastoral care. That's being the church. That's bearing one another's burdens, uh, you know, through life. And that's where small groups are especially equipped to do that. So. What do you, what do you see or hear are some of the challenges, um, for people or, you know, people are facing, Christians are facing today. Um, that one-on-one discipleship group or small groups can help with? You, you've talked about some of them, but yeah. dig a little deeper into that. Uh, I mean, you know, we talked about this uh, on the last episode, you know, just the relational de- deficit that exists and the amount of people who are isolated and, and lonely and don't feel like they have those type of people they can go to when when the hard stuff of life comes, you know? And so there's just so many people that are lonely. I, I can't remember the statistic. It's something like 70% of men don't have a best friend. I mean, that's that's ridiculous, right? And, and that's just so true for so many people in our cultures, no close relationships, no deep relationships, that you can be real and honest with somebody. And, you know, speaking of one-to-one discipleship specifically, you know, it's called small circle for a reason. Um, it's an intentional name. And uh, if you look at, at churches, um, there's typically a two-circle operating system. You have a large circle, that's the weekend gathering, and then you have a medium circle, that's the small groups. And, you know, if you're going through life uh, and you show up at the small circle, which we expect everyone to do, the weekend gathering, what kind of conversation are you going to have there? The large circle. Yeah, Yeah, the large circle. You're going to talk about the weather, you're going to talk about, you know, the Bills playing Sunday and... And that kind of stuff. Those are the typical conversations you're going to have with someone that you interact with maybe once a week at a, at a worship service. You get into the medium circle, which is small groups. The conversations take on a little bit more substance, a little more depth. You know, that's where you might talk about having lost a job and, and dealing with some money issues or something like that. Or, you know, you might talk about depression in that type of setting. You know, those those conversations are starting to happen more in the medium circle. Um, but where are conversations of, you know, uh, my kid is struggling with drugs or, you know, I think my spouse is into pornography. You know, where are those conversations happening? They're not happening in that big circle. And if we're honest with ourselves, they're most likely not happening in most medium circles. Most small groups are not a place where those 
those really hard, deep conversations happening. So if you don't have that small circle, that next level of one-to-one discipleship, there's no place for people to have those conversations. So those things are secrets. And Satan loves to use secrets against people and loves to, to use secrets to hold us back and keep us from growing in the way God wants us to grow to. So, you know, having a one-to-one discipling relationship with someone, it truly is a life-changing experience because that person you're journeying with consistently, intentionally, that's going to be where that kind of stuff can come up and come to the surface and be be dealt with um, with a fellow brother or sister in Christ. You know, not that someone who's discipling is a counselor or, or a doctor or anything like that, but it's someone you journey with so those things don't just be something you do with all by yourself, which can be such a lonely experience, right? And it's a common question I'll ask people, you know, who is speaking into your life? Mm-hmm. You know, who's speaking into your life? Who 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 knows you? Mm. You know, and and if if you don't have that, I, I find that spiritual growth is 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 sort of very what well, is very limited. Yeah. You can only go so far without somebody who who knows you and who's speaking into your life and I'll be honest, who can call you out. Yeah. I think over time uh, we can get really good at, at, at telling our story in such a way that we're sugarcoating or not letting certain things out. But when you're looking one-on-one with a brother or sister who loves you and cares about you and has been praying for discernment, by the way, yeah. and the Holy Spirit's activating that conversation, you know, there's been times in my life where, where a good brother in Christ has looked me in the eyes and said, I think about what you're saying. I, I'm not sure that's exactly how it is. And I wasn't necessarily trying to lie to them. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't being honest with myself, right? And and how much how much we need people who care that deeply for us, and I think our culture is hungry for it. Yeah, I mean, I mean they may not know it, but they're hungry for it. Yeah, I mean, you ask someone, "How are you doing?" The response ninety nine point nine percent of the time, "I'm good." Yeah, you know, where does it ever get deeper than that? Where does it ever go beyond that? I've often learned. <laughs> I'll ask twice. Yeah, I'll say, "Are you?" Yeah, everything, and, and people are shocked. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but uh, but yeah, you're you're exactly right. How do you, how do you see um, you know one on one discipleship, small circle and small groups? How do you see that as part of sort of the mission, vision, strategy uh, of Crosswinds? Well, you know, I think I said this in the in the last episode. Our our faith is based on relationship, right? We serve and worship a relational God. I mean, in, in Genesis, you know, as he's creating the world, he says, let us create man in our image. I mean, from the very beginning, God existed in relationship. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You know, and then, you know, he creates Adam. And what does he say after a while? It's not good for man to be alone. He needs a, a partner in life, you know. And so along comes Eve, not specifically to be a spouse, but to be a partner in life, someone to journey through life with. And we can see from the very beginning in Genesis all the way through the need for us to be connected in relationships as believers, relationship with God and relationship with other people. It's just so prevalent throughout Scripture. And so small groups and one-to-one discipleships are environments where those types of relationships can develop, can thrive, and can multiply, you know, and specifically one-to-one discipleship because, you know, if you're journeying through small circle, the, the whole, you're, you're moving towards a goal, right? You know, uh, it doesn't go on forever. You're moving towards uh, that disciple becoming a disciple maker, and there you're starting another, you know, discipling relationship, and it multiplies and it multiplies and it multiplies. And so that's how it fits into our our vision of, of you know, helping anyone, you know, children, student, and adult 
wherever they are in their spiritual journey, uh, take their next step in their in their journey with Christ. And how do we do that by and large in small groups and one-to-one discipleship? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. And I, I think, you know, um, and I don't want to pick on the American church, but if I say American church, we understand I'm not talking about all churches. Right. But for all too long, they've put all their eggs in one basket. Now it's a large weekend gathering. Sure. And they thought, you know, for, for some time that as long as we can get a big group there, we're being successful. Yeah. And yet what God calls us to is make disciples. Mm-hmm. Now we can do that with a lot of people. Um, but but just having a lot of people doesn't mean you're doing that. Right. Um, and so, you know, I, I always say, you know, what do we do on the weekend service? Well, we're putting the glory of God on display. That, that's, that's important that we do that as a church family, that we're on mission together. But if you really want to do life with people, it doesn't happen in rows. It happens in a circle. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about the small group, right? Yeah. The small group is crucial to that. But if you really want to grow, you know, go beyond sort of that surface level Christianity. You've got to sit face to face with a brother and sister. Yeah. And I think that one to one discipling relationships will lead to every other step in the spiritual journey. I agree. So if you have someone who's never been baptized, if they're in a one to one disciple, it's going to lead to baptism. If you have someone that's never served in ministry before, going through one to one discipling relationship is going to lead to serving. It's going to lead to plugging into a small group. I think one to one is the foundation that'll lead to everything else in our discipleship pathway. Which is, which is an inverted model <laughs> yes, of the American is. church, right? Yes, it is. Uh, where everything's funneling through the large gathering, and what we say here at Crosswinds is, no, 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 that's like the end. Like, like if you had to make a decision, am I going to spend time alone with the Lord today, or anything else, mm-hmm. go with spending that time alone with the Lord. Yeah. The next one would be one-on-one discipleship. The next would be small group. The next would be a serving community, a then large group. And that's not saying, I think you said earlier, a regular attender is a regular attender. They're here every week. So we expect that. And, and in our culture of so much stuff, yeah. we're so busy. Yeah. You know, we said that the one-on-one discipleship doesn't cost anything financially, mm-hmm. but it will cost your time. Absolutely. It will cost your priorities. And if you want to grow in Christ and, and live that joy-filled life that God has for you, there's maybe some time stuff you're going to have to make some sacrifices on in order to be a part of what will become one of the greatest blessings in your life. Absolutely. You know, one of the most common reasons people say they can't do it is because they don't have the time. Yes. And, you know, we've tried to be very intentional about developing something that can become the rhythm of life. Again, you know, the rhythm of life. It's one thing why we don't have a lot of, a ton of stuff here at church. Mm-hmm. We, we have uh, uh, what we would call a simple church model is because yeah. we want you to do life. Yeah. We want you to be Christ in your school, in your workplace, at the football game. So we're not we're not saying don't be a part of these things. Right. These things are, are stuff we encourage you to do. But there are some things we say uh, that will give you what you need in order to be successful there for Christ. Well, one last question. Uh, share with me one of your favorite one-on-one discipleship stories or, or small group stories. Not necessarily you were a part of, but something you've heard. And I know that it's going to be hard because there's a ton of them. Yeah, there's, there's so many good ones. Um, you know... First thing that comes to mind is actually a person, a, a lady known Joanne Cialo. Uh, she started coming to Crosswinds uh, about two years ago, and that was her first experience was, uh, I think somehow she'd learned about Crosswinds through somebody, a relationship she had, and she, she, you know, was in that spiritually curious phase of, you know, uh, I know there's something out there bigger than me, and I, I'm trying, I'm realizing I need it, and so they, they came to Crosswinds on a Sunday, and introduced themselves and then got plugged into a small group, uh, our Penyan small group. And 
through that experience with that small group, was just being ministered to, ministered to. I helped her get connected in a one-on-one discipling relationship. I believe it's actually your wife that's it discipling is, her. Krista's discipling her. Um, but through that, she's now been baptized. She began serving on the Connections team. She now serves as a team leader on the Connections team. And so I just always think of Joanne, and, and you know, she's wired in such a way she'll talk to anybody about it. She's so passionate about her faith and excited about what God has done for her. And to see her, she has gone through the discipleship pathway, you know, connecting in the big circle and then the medium circle and the small circle. And, and that's all leading to all these other things that she's doing. And I just love that story, you know. And I know that when as soon as she's done uh, going through small circle with Krista, she's going to be probably knocking on my office door. Who can you connect me with so I can disciple somebody? And she radiates Jesus. She I mean, absolutely I, I, does. I, I hate to say that because it sounds so Christianese, but I mean, you can't be around her long yeah. without just feeling uh, God's presence in her, right. you know. And, and so, yeah, that's that's a yeah, that's a great story. I, I'm just picturing last weekend I saw her, you know, and, and just <laughs> and that that's true. And uh, so I, I just want to encourage you, you know, if if you're if you're not a part of a church uh, and you're in the area, we'd love to have you yep. connect here at Crosswinds within uh, within our our large gathering, uh, and then uh, take the step, uh, be a part of the smaller circle, you know, and then the medium circle. Those three circles are life-changing. Yeah, absolutely. They each have their purpose, uh, and, and it's, it's part of the process that allows us not only to grow in Christ, to know Him, but to make Him known, which is what we're called to do, to know God and make Him known. Chris, thank you for being with us. I'm sure you'll be back here with us again soon. Love to. Um, but uh, what what a great couple of uh, of episodes to be able to just hear your heart, to hear your story, and and also to to catch your vision for discipleship here at Crosswinds. I want to encourage you. Uh, join me next week. Uh, we have another um, episode for you to uh, tune into and uh, tune into. That's an old phrase. And uh, <laughs> dial in, <laughs> dial in, dial in, dial in. But uh, to listen to and be a part of. Uh, remember to check out crosswinds.church. You can learn more about the podcast. You can learn more about the church. You can learn about small groups. You can learn about small circle. Uh, you can even connect with Chris if you have some questions uh, through the website. For now, be blessed and bless others. Thank you.